Hey everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're gonna find two things in this feed. In this season, you're gonna find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois. And you're gonna find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're gonna find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. Uh, do you ever have that experience where you're, uh, you realize that there's a car accident just ahead of you? starts like slowing down in a place that it doesn't normally slow down, or maybe you can see the sirens, and it's always the same thing. It's super annoying while you're waiting in the line of people that are taking a look, and then when you get to the front of the line finally and you can see, do you just like hit the gas and slam it through? Who's honest enough to say, no, by the time I've waited in the line, I like to see what's going on. I try to like take a gander and figure out who's, anybody honest? Yeah, yeah, so it's like that thing where once I've waited in the, okay, so the way that you, uh, it kind of goes like, I think like this. Um, usually if there's something happening in traffic, first you hear it, then you see it, then you want to get through it and away from it. Uh, listen, look, leave. That's the title of the message. Listen, look, leave. I see it. We're in Isaiah 55. We're starting off the year. We're trying to kind of ease into the year. Um, we're going to look at the middle section today. If you have a Bible, I'd love it if you'd turn there. Listen, look, leave. Listen, look, leave. So I'm going to just want to read this text to you. And uh, I got a ton out of this when I was studying it this week, and I hope you will too. Uh, you made a good choice getting yourself into this moment. And I'm praying right now that we would just stay right here and that God would speak to us right now. I'm starting in verse 3. If you're there and you're ready, please say ready. It says this, uh, Isaiah chapter 55 and verse 3 says, Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant my steadfast, sure love for David. Behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and commander for the peoples. Behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord, that he may have compassion on him, and to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. So I'm just going to try to engage you uh, verbally today as we go to try to keep us locked in, because I know on a day like this, you got through some stuff to get here, and it can be easy just to kind of drift off, and we're going to do our best to make our time in God's word attentive. So I'm going to just say it, and every time I say it, I'm hoping you're going to say it with me. I'm just going to say, listen, look, and leave. Come on, you help me? And so I, what I came to say today from this text is that you can't be blessed unless you listen, look, and leave. Uh, it starts there in verse 3. I just want, I'm going to take you through each verse one by one now. He says, incline your ear and come to me. This is Isaiah. He's talking about the blessings that God wants to pour on you. Last week we talked about it. God wants to give you milk, and he wants to give you uh, honey, and he doesn't want you to have to pay for it. And that, biblically speaking, is a way of saying God wants to provide for you, and God wants to bless you in ways that you can't imagine. He says, 
Turn your ear towards me and come towards me. Hear so that your soul will live. Just pause there for a second. One, I have to listen to his word because God wants to bless me and my family. Anybody want God to bless you and your family? It's wonderful. I love, uh, we're at the early services I'm talking and the early service is usually where we find some of the older folks who are on the other end of life and the people whose kids were awake so they had no, you know, kind of figure, I may as well, they're awake already. It's kind of who we find ourselves. It's a great little divide. And uh, I love, there's quite a few people that are in the church right now that are with child, as the scripture would say. And uh, I always love the idea that when a woman is about to bear a child, there's so much hope and dream and excitement for all that you want God to do in that person's life in the future. And so much of life, when you boil it all the way down, is me and the people that God has given to me, and I want God to bless those people, right? Whether my kids are young or old, whether I'm at the beginning of building a family or my family is mostly all raised and I'm just trying to figure out how to influence from the edges, I want God to bless me and my family. God wants to bless you and your family, and the, one of the main ways that he does it is when we listen to his word. Uh, We've done this bit before, but it's true. Um, hearing is different than listening. I think we all know that. And have you noticed that these young folks, the Gen Zs, they call them, do you know, have you noticed that pretty much whatever you say to them, the first thing they say back is what? <laughs> Anybody? And they don't, say, they don't say what. They say what or what. And so I started doing this thing where I just don't, I just say Hey, Graham, come here. What? I think you heard me. What did I say? You told me to come here. It's that thing over and over and over. There's something about the focus on the screens and the fixation away from things that we have to get attention before we can get understanding. And uh, unfortunately, many people of faith are known for being bad listeners, including bad at listening to God. People of faith are not known as being the best listeners. So when he says, turn your ear and come to me, hear that your soul may live, most people of faith are not known for their listening. They're known for how they can't wait until it's their turn to talk again. Right? Can I get a witness? Uh, most people of faith are the people that are like, cool, before you're even like all the way done telling me your problem, let me like throw seven verses at you and make you feel like you're stupid for even feeling the way that you're feeling in the first place. That's the way that a lot of people operate. Uh, it's a good way to say it. Few things, I read this in a book, I've, I kept it close, I have it on my desk. Few things shut down a person faster than quoting the Bible at them. So the Bible is our truth, and it's our source, and it's the way that we understand what's true and false in the world. But that, come here, Austin, you're in, bud. Uh, the way that a lot of people um, experience other people with the Bible, as Austin comes towards me and he says, you know, Pastor, I just, uh, no matter how hard I try, I, no matter how hard I try, I just, uh, I just, I can't gain any weight. I just, no matter how hard I try, I'm just, I'm just so thin, thin, thin. There's just, I can't figure it out. I already had a donut and, today. Yeah, I already had a donut. Good. It's good. It's, how's that, how's that fast going? Yeah. So we, so, so what many people experience right here he comes, I'm using a joking problem because it's a little easier than a serious one for our purposes. He says, I just, most people then, as soon as the person stops talking, they say, well, you know what Jesus said? 
I'll give you food that you don't know anything of. <laughs> now, just because it's true doesn't necessarily mean that it's loving or kind or helpful. And the reason why so often people are like, if I got a problem, I'm like probably just going to call my like crazy drunken college buddy because they're more likely to make me feel like they care than that person of faith who just wants to use their big Bible to smack me into submission. Good, thank you. That's what uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, if you know anything about him, a well-known Christian uh, from early 20th century, said, many people are looking for an ear that will listen. They do not find it among Christians because these Christians are talking where they should be listening. Listen to this next part. But he who can no longer listen to his brother will soon be no longer listening to God either. He will be doing nothing but prattle in the presence of God too. I just wonder if you've been following God for a while. I wonder if you're so sure that you already know the answers that you've stopped listening. Kristen and I, we had a basketball game to drive to an hour each way yesterday uh, in the snow. You know, it was kind of snowing or whatever. I don't know what uh, the greatest test that your relationship has ever faced is, but that's like pretty much max level stress. Uh, if she's driving, we're annoyed at each other the whole time. And if I'm driving, she would never allow that. So it's kind of like... <laughs> and when you've uh, been in a relationship for a long time, one of the reasons it can start to get really difficult and dysfunctional is because you start to react to the way you assume the other person is going to react, or you start to react to what you assume they're going to say, or the whole thing becomes about all the stuff that I'm bringing to it from the past, not what I'm willing to see in what the person's actually acting like or doing right now. Okay, And I just wonder sometimes if uh, we've been in church, some of us, for such a long time, that right now in this moment when God wants to speak to us through his word, we're kind of hearing the words that the person is saying. But we're not really listening at all. He says here, turn your ear towards me and listen to me. Listen that your soul may live. God speaks to us primarily through his word, and listening for understanding is slow. Listening to try to just get the information so I can move on to the next thing. That's pretty good snapping. <laughs> listening so that I understand requires me to slow way down to make sure continues to build on this when he says, now, I made, he's speaking of David now, when he says, behold, I made him a witness to the peoples, uh, a leader and commander for the peoples. That's the end of verse 3 and into verse 4, because he says, so turn your ear towards me, come to me, hear that your soul may live, and I will make with you an everlasting covenant 
My steadfast, sure love for David, I made him a witness to the people, a leader and commander for the peoples. So he's requiring us to have a little bit of biblical knowledge to understand the next part. And here's what it is. Uh, David was the greatest king in the history of the nation of Israel. So the whole Old Testament is sort of building towards Israel's going to be a nation. And then the first king was Saul. He didn't work out. David was the second king. He was the pinnacle. Uh, David was to Israel like the 1985 Bears are to football in Chicago. The highest point that had ever been reached, and so people kept on talking about it. It's like God. And so he says, now remember what, remember what happened? So I made a promise, covenant. Whenever you see that word in the Bible, it's the idea of a promise that God makes. But here's what makes a covenant significant. A covenant is, I promise to keep my part no matter what you do with your part. So, you know, a contract is the idea of we're both agreeing to do X and Y and Z, and then if it doesn't work out, neither one of us is going to do X and Y and Z. This is why what we call what God believes, teaches in the scripture about marriage is a covenant which says, I am going to be this way whether you keep your end of the bargain or not. God made a promise to David, and the promise to David was, you see it there? I made him a, a witness to the peoples. I made him a leader and a commander. Okay, why is this important? What he's pointing to in Isaiah 55 is he's pointing to God's promise to David. It means that God is able to pour out his blessings and fulfill his promises to the nation of Israel in the Old Testament only when a king in the line of David faithfully follows God's instructions on how to live righteously and faithfully. So the way that it worked in the Old Testament was if the king was obeying God, the people were obeying God, and the nation was blessed. And if the king was not obeying God, the people were not obeying God, and then the whole nation was sort of in trouble and cursed. Now, this is the crazy thing. This is the line of kings uh, that is pointed out. This is David's line. Here, i got a whole list of all these names. Here they are. Come on, help me there, fellas. So it goes from David, good king. Solomon, sort of iffy. Rehoboam, bad king, bad king, mediocre king. Jehoshaphat, pretty good king. Jehoram, bad king. Uzziah, bad king. Bad king, bad king. Okay king, the worst king of all probably was Manasseh. Ammon, bad king. Josiah, good king, really good king. You sort of can tell which names that people still name their kids as were usually the good ones. <laughs> sort of kind of bad, bad, bad. Good Zerubbabel was a good king. He helped rebuild the nation of Israel, the building bad, bad, bad. Bad, 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 bad. The guy who chose to marry Mary even when she was pregnant and no one really understood why. All the way into the line of Jesus Christ. The people that lived in the Old Testament were stuck. But they only got blessed if they had the king who honored God. And when Jesus Christ comes to earth and lives the life that he lived and dies the death that he died and rose the way that he rose and went to heaven and is reigning right now, it ended the part where the king got to decide whether you were blessed or not. And now, every person who can hear my voice and every person who is living on this planet can have the blessings that God promises to a person who faithfully follows him, regardless of whether the leadership in their life is good or not. Everybody say, very cool. He didn't say it with much gusto. I thought it was pretty cool. 
That's all right. That's all right. So God will bless his family line forever. And if we are choosing God the Father and his son Jesus Christ as our authority, we have access to that same blessing when we listen to his word. When we live the way that God wants us to live, we are blessed. Okay, next part. Uh, second thing I wanted you to see in the text today. Look for his work. I want to listen to his word. I want to look for his work. God wants to bless me and my family. God wants to bless me and my family. God wants to bless me and my family. He says there in verse 5, See, behold, you shall call a nation that you do not know, and a nation that did not know you shall run to you because of the Lord your God and of the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. So he's saying, Israel, here's what's going to happen. If you listen to God's word, if you obey what God has put in front of you, what's going to happen is people that, you, that don't even know you are going to need your help. People that you can't believe could possibly care what you think are going to care what you think. You are going to have the ability to influence in ways that you can't imagine because God has glorified you because you have honored him. He's saying, he's saying it like this. Um, proximity to God can't help but produce blessings from God. Proximity to God can't help but produce blessings from God. When I spend time with God, so like we're, we're doing this 24 hours of prayer. It's going to happen in this room. Uh, we've got some candles that last for 24 hours, and we're going to light them, and there's going to be someone in this room praying for 24 hours, and I would love for you to be part of it. And you might think, why are we doing that? We're doing that because when we draw near to God, he draws near to us. Now, not like a pagan king where God, we're like hoping if we show him that we're trying our best that he'll bless us. No, he's already given us all of his blessings through Jesus Christ, and we have access to who he is and what he's done when we put ourselves in his presence. Proximity to God can't help but produce blessings from God. Uh, here's what I mean. Uh, so last year, uh, as a lot of you guys know, we, uh, Kristen and I, our house uh, flooded from a frozen pipe on a day just like today. Uh, PTSD vibes. Uh, uh, and so uh, we had a great insurance company, and we had like a few hundred thousand dollar remodel of our house. And uh, I'm one of those, I'm not like great at a lot of things, but I'm really into that thing where you, uh, if you put all of your purchases on like an airline credit card, you get all those points, and then like they let you fly at four o'clock in the morning places or whatever. And so I got this thing in the mail the other day, this big envelope that said, because of all this money that we had spent last year, I had made it to American Airlines Executive Platinum. I was like pretty, pretty excited, pretty excited, this big end of this whole thing. Now, here's the thing. Uh, I've, been, I've, flown, I've flown a couple times this year already, different places, I've, stuff I've been doing. I was at school this week. And at this level, I mean, it's all of a sudden, I mean, they're like, they, they like person, look, thank you, Mr. McDonald, for your business. And all of a sudden, that whole world that makes you feel like you're the least important person in the world, they start treating you like you matter. And I... Uh, Reed, my 13-year-old, and I went to a, a conference, uh, this Christian event that I had gotten invited to last week. And once we got to the airport, they said, hey, because you're this status, you've been upgraded on the list today. On your way to Atlanta, you are going to be sitting in first class. Uh, I don't know. It's like a bigger seat on the same flight, you know, whatever. But I walked onto the plane and sat down in the first class seat. And my 13-year-old walked with me. 
He didn't spend any money. He didn't earn the status. He didn't, you see it? He didn't, he didn't do anything to merit executive nothing. He, he is, has the perfect body size to fit in the small seats in the back of the plane. He, there was no reason for him to be at the status that his father was except for that he was with me. Do you see it? Do you see it? And when we have proximity to God, we have access to the blessings of God. Not because we earn, deserve, do anything to merit. It's simply because when we're with him, we get what he gets. Proximity to God can't help but produce blessings from God. Next verse, he says, this is, we're getting to the key in the end now. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. I think there's a pretty obvious, significant thing. If you look at that verse, I don't know what sticks out to you when you look at it. When it says, seek the Lord while he may be found, call on him while he is near. The first thing that pops out to me is there's a conditional time element there. Do you see it? He's not saying, seek the Lord, you have as much time as you need. He's saying, seek the Lord while there's still time, before it's too late. And then he put the verse back up, thanks. He says, call on him. He's near right now, but, but make sure you call on him while he's still near. That word there, uh, seek, this is what it is in the original Hebrew. Um, I put these up here because I get called from time to time. Various people will call me and say, hey, I'm thinking about getting a tattoo. Can you give me like a good idea of some kind of like, you don't want to be one of those people that like, you don't want to Google that. You know, just like get, check with somebody. You could, so if you're looking for a word seek, that's what it is in the original Hebrew. Now this word here, I want you to get this. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on his name while he's near. This word there, seek, doesn't mean looking for something lost. It means arriving for something desired. It doesn't mean uh, I can't find my AirPod case. It means the new AirPods are coming out, and I'm one of those weirdos standing at the Apple store the first day that it opens because I have to get the product the moment. Do you see the difference? It's not saying trying to find something I can't find. That word there, seek, means going and getting something that I really want. He says, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on his name while he is near. There is a time window available that if we don't take advantage of it, we won't be able to receive the blessings of God in the way that we want. Let me tell you a story uh, from my own life to illustrate this. I brought a couple of pictures of myself to make you laugh. I think you'll enjoy. So uh, Kristen and I, uh, we were high school sweethearts. We dated most of the way through high school. And then, uh, then we broke up when we were in college. The first part of us dating was me hoping she would date me. Uh, and then she finally said yes. And then uh, we got to college and we were in college in separate states. And it was just kind of... I don't know. It was a different time. You couldn't text people. Like You had to go on AIM. It was a lot more confusing. I don't know if you remember any of that. Uh, it was a lot more difficult to keep track of people back then. So we broke up uh, at the end of our first semester of college, but we kind of like would still talk every now and then and this and that. And so in December of 2005, her and I had been broken up for like a year, and we were both on Christmas break, and uh, we hung out, and we have a picture of it. It's, yeah, you got this. It was all the way. Through. No, that's the wrong picture. So we, it's okay. Back to the other one. Yeah, okay, so 
I obviously thought I was like really happening with that belt buckle. I don't know why. I don't know. I don't like. I just. I have no. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. But uh, I remember this day vividly. It's in Kristen's parents' old house uh, off Algonquin Road over there in Hoffman Estates, and uh, we were hanging out because we were kind of like keeping tabs on each other is the way I would probably describe it. But we were, we were not dating. We were just kind of hanging around. And then uh, that was in like December of 2005. By April of 2006, I had decided this was the girl that I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. And I like somehow worked my way into a car that was going somewhere that she was going to be with her older sister. And it's crazy. Her baby niece, Ava, who goes to church here, who's 18 years old, was just a baby at this time. And I, I somehow worked my way, I was like the bad ex-boyfriend. I worked my way into a car with Kristen's sister and her mom and her niece. And I showed up at a place where she was. And this is a picture of that uh, time, the one you just saw a second ago as I knocked all my notes on the ground. And uh, at both of those times, her and I, uh, and within like three months of that picture being taken, her and I were engaged. Um, here's my point. In that first picture, I was trying to find something, we were trying to find something, and we didn't know what, and we were just sort of drifting. In that second picture, I knew what I wanted. That's that story that I tell about selling all my clothes to buy her a birthday gift. And when I arrived at that event, I was going to do whatever it took to get that girl to stick with me. As you'll notice, I look a lot different. She looks better now than she did then. And I was just starting to understand the person that she was. And uh, you can take the picture down. I was seeking her with an energy and an aggression and a desire to get something that I really wanted. Do you see it? Put that definition that I had of seek up there for a second. So when he says, seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon his name while he's near. He's saying, don't just like start wandering around like, I wonder where the Lord is. I wonder where he is. I should try to figure it out. Maybe he's at this church. Maybe he's in this religion. Maybe he's over here doing this thing. Maybe he's in this style. Don't just like sort of ramble and look around like you don't know where you're going. Go after God like he wants to be found. And the answer to what you're trying to figure out and getting him to bless you and wanting him to bless your life is already inside his word. Because there's a time window. That's the whole point of what he's saying. There's a time window. I don't know how much time. I don't know how much time you got. Better figure it out. So he says, the next verse. This is the last verse that we're going to look at today. So let the wicked forsake his way. If you want to find God, you got to put the junk in your life to the side. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. He will freely pardon. I have to listen, listen look, and then last, I have to leave my wickedness because God wants to bless me and my family. So I got to put the good stuff in, but I also got to take the, the junk out. He says, so, uh, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So, next verse implied, here's how. Forsake the way of the wicked. 
give up all of these foolish thoughts and turn yourself back towards God because God wants to have compassion on you. He wants to pardon. The act of forsaking past ways and thoughts involves the rejection of behaviors and a decisive break from past beliefs, assumptions, priorities, and plans. We really like the part, uh, we really like the part where God wipes the slate clean, right? That's a good part. A good part is God wants to wipe the slate clean. But part of wiping the slate clean is saying, I'm not going back there again. I'm not going to think that way anymore. I'm not going to live that way anymore. I'm not going to put that junk in my head anymore. I'm not going to talk to that person anymore. I'm not going to go to that place anymore. I'm not going to allow that set of thoughts to be in my mind anymore. Part of the God wants to wipe the slate clean, brand new year, your best year yet, God wants to move and bless in your life, part of that, and a big part of it is, God can't bless me while I'm still in sin. He, he won't bless me while I'm still in sin. As long as my ways are not his ways, my thoughts are not his thoughts, as long as I'm holding on to that little secret crutch or habit or foolish thing, as long as I've got that thing, God's not going to bless me. So this isn't about perfection. This isn't like if you, if you ate like, we were, uh, we were at dinner the other night and Kristen was like, oh, they put mints on the table uh, and I, I ate one, and uh, chocolate mints, and I said I wasn't going to have any sweets during the fast. So this is her last day. She's not going to be part of the church. She's been, <laughs> it's, it's, it's too bad. We, we had to, you know, it's just, we can't allow. So we're not, we're not selling or aiming here for it's got to be perfect or God's out on you. Is that the way it is? This is why we work to get to church every Sunday and why I'm so thankful for people who made it a priority on a cold day today is every day we wake up, every Sunday we get here is another chance in the rhythm to say, whatever the stuff was this week that wasn't good stuff, I'm putting that to the side. Whatever stuff this week that wasn't good stuff, I'm saying I'm, I'm not going there, I'm not doing that. I'm putting that all away and it's a new week and a new day and a new year and I'm turning from my foolish stuff I'm moving towards the Lord because he wants to be found. He wants to overflow his blessings on my life. And the reason that I'm often not seeing the blessings that I want to see isn't because he's reluctant. It's because I'm not showing up to get them. So this is why I, I know it gets a little, uh, it gets a little like tedious for me even uh, when there's all these announcements at church. So we're doing this fast. And if you missed it in the first week, you can jump on now. We'd love for you to be part of it. And if you said you were going to do it and then didn't do it or you did it, but then there was like that one lady at your work who always shows up with cake all the time and you were just like couldn't resist, whatever, just we're here. Let's jump on. Let's go forward. And there's these, these classes and you can sign up for them in the lobby and you can sign up for them at the QR code. And why are we doing that? Because it takes energy and effort to grow. So we'd love for you to be part of it. There's a, Kristen's leading an awesome class on Thursday morning. There's something on uh, Sunday that's after, next, start next week, Sunday mornings, just a bunch of stuff. We're doing this 24 hours of prayer. If that's like so far off, you're like, I can't even imagine it. There's great people leading every one of those hours and you can just come and sit and participate. But until I do something different, I'm not gonna get something different. Uh, until I'm willing to 
take energy and effort that I haven't had before, I'm not gonna see new things happen. So all that stuff is our, we're just trying to give you ways to get involved. I would be thrilled if you did. But God wants to be found. I guess that's what I really, so listen, listen to his word. You're doing that right now. And every time you get in the Bible, there's those Bible reading plans that are helpful to some people. There's so many ways to get in God's word. It's incredible. Listen to his word. Look at his work. God wants to do things in your life that you can't imagine, but you have to look to see him. You have to pay attention to see it. And you got to leave your foolish ways. You just have to. So that all kinds of, I mean, that might mean you need a, a counselor. That might mean you might need an accountability partner. You might need to tell somebody something that you've been struggling to. I mean, there's like a million ways that that goes. But until you leave the foolish things that you're stuck in, you're going to be stuck right there. All of this is because this. Okay, get it. He's playing like I'm supposed to be done. So I'm, I'm about to be done. You see, he's like getting a little more. God wants to be found. He's not trying to trick you. He wants to bless your kids in ways you can't imagine. The relationship that you're in right now in ways that you can't imagine. The prayers that you've been praying and praying and praying. God wants to bring you to a place where you'll be so far past that you'll look back at it and think, man, remember when I, remember when I didn't, and then it, and then it, and then this, and then this, and then this. God wants to do all that. He is not reluctant. But because he's holy and just, we have to draw near to him for him to draw near to us. And so, uh, that's where I wanted to finish. So, um, this is like five years ago now. Um, we had this giant tree, Kristen and I did, in the house where we used to live. And uh, it was like one of those things, like right now all the moms are yelling at their kids they have to wear coats. The summertime version of that was, uh, Kristen would just tell the kids, don't climb the tree. Don't climb the tree. Don't climb the tree. Don't climb the tree. And then all summer they just kind of slowly started climbing it higher and higher and higher. Is this the way your family goes? Anybody know what I'm talking about? And then I will never forget this. It was like Columbus Day uh, five years ago. Our oldest fell out of a tree and he got this like crazy fracture uh, in the top part of his arm. I got a really gross picture of it if you want to see it, but I didn't think it was right to put it on the screen. And he's uh, in the hospital, um, bloody. And it was, I mean, it was terrible. He felt like, I don't know, 20 feet out of this tree. Okay. Did uh, my sweet wife, who had been telling him all summer, not to climb the tree. Did she show up at the hospital bed and start like hitting him with her purse and yelling at him because she tried to tell him, did she do the I told you so and this and that? For sure not. Why? Because the whole point of the rules is to try to bless. And because when you're a parent, the relationship matters to you so much. You just want the kid to be well. And all the frustration, that was kind of for another day. Today was the kid fell out of the tree, so now what are we going to do to help? And I just wonder what would happen in your mind, in your life, if you saw that God is like that. That is his orientation towards you. He's been trying to tell us, and even in the ways that we haven't honored him or obeyed him, he's right there with us now, saying, let's start again. Let's start again. Come on, guys, we're going to sing. Let's start again. Let's, uh, let's start again.
Every chance I get, I bless your name. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.